0: And welcome to the Raw review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hambler and Michael Sidwick Here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we're not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT, but Super- oh. oh. Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews roundtable discussions and a roundup of the week complete with a money quiz of course on wrestle culture as i said though joined by hamphlet and sidgwick unfortunately still social distancing just to be safe everyone please stay safe out there uh, but hamlet what did you make of last night's
1: row I, I i didn't hate it uh i wasn't like cross with it as a flagrant waste of my time i know like that it's always low bar stuff we talk about um I don't know, I'm not down on it. I'm just like, I thought this was, there was possible. There was two uh, developments that were only really minor on this show that I genuinely believe, like not our usual doing a bit, not just making fun to get through at least the first or second ad break on this podcast that I think might be things that will pay off in a few weeks time. You know, that way that NXT 2.0 does sometimes. It's an objectively pretty terrible show, but they at least seem to plot a few things. I think a couple of things were plotted here and raw is so terrible almost all the time that it no longer rewards even the slightest bit of faith and getting a couple of them gave me i don't know like just made me super patient i'm sure most this was rubbish like i'm sure it is and when we kind of do our deep dive i'll be like oh yeah that was crap but i just i didn't have a bad time with it i really didn't i had a bad time
3: criminally dull like brutally
1: dull as it always is I think I'm going through a bit of a like I'm fine with WWE at the moment. I, I think I think I'm I, I'm definitely going through a. You know, what? you know what I need is uh, two and three quarter star wrestling, please. Yes, please. Lots of it. Yum, 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 yum. Like I'm looking forward to getting home tonight and watching Dark Elevation as a lead in to Dark Live because I <laughs> get the pack and Thunder Rosa defending the titles right, internationally, um, but the work's never that amazing. And I think like this is sort of perfect WWE viewer break. Yeah, you got any of the, got any of that average? Just give us a little bit more, please. Just just a little bit more. Like I think I'm in the exact right headspace for Raw right now. Nothing too good. Nothing too electrifying, please. Calm it down. Calm it way down.
3: I'd uh, like something fun and
0: good. <laughs> worthwhile and electrifying as opposed to the slop. I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle of you two for this show. But as I said to Hamlet before we started recording, Brock Lesnar chucking around, guys, is never not entertaining. Um especially when you're like oh because it's brock and i have no doubt that he is you know uh, an incredibly safe worker but watching it you think oh you don't care how these people land do you and that sort of all adds to the whole thing let's start with brock because he opened the show well there was a video package and roman reigns from smackdown blah 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 anyway brock comes out he's in a good mood uh, even when his pyro goes off late um and he gets in the ring and says god bless texas and takes his hat off to show some manners. uh, And he says, oh, look how happy Roman Reigns is. He's been living high on the hog since WrestleMania. We've got a phrase where I'm from. Pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. Uh, And he said, Roman Reigns, you're a hog. And I slaughter hogs on my farm every single day. And I looked deep into his eyes as he said that and thought, yep, that's not a gimmick. He 100% is coated in blood, no doubt, on a 24 hour basis. But he said the tribal hog is gonna get a country shears kick in. Well, he didn't say she is but he's gonna kill him at SummerSlam basically. And this brings out Paul Heyman, of course, uh, who gets booed and says, Don't worry, everyone on the island of relevancy is booing as well. Uh, and Lesnar fires back. Speaking of hogs, and uh Heyman says, Look, I'll admit this last man standing match at SummerSlam, it favors you. Me and my tribal chief, we've dominated people technically. We pinned and submitted them. They didn't quite say we smashed them, which I was a bit disappointed. Smashed them. <laughs> uh, but Lesnar has destroyed people for 20 years. Uh, he's more content sending people to the morgue than to the hospital. Oh, or a local medical facility, I suppose. Um, he said Reigns has been champion for almost 700 days, but this is a streak that Lesnar will not end even if he had to train Reigns. I love Brock Lesnar's face when he said this. Even if he had to train Reigns to stick his hand up Lesnar's ass and pull out his heart. Uh, he'd do <laughs> just that. This brings out Theory who goes to the, what's the name of that platform they're calling it? Is it the like Oakland position
1: or something? Yeah, the Oakland position.
0: He jumps up on there. He's got a briefcase and he says, I'm going to win the US title at SummerSlam, win it back from Bobby Lashley. And then after this big unified championship match, I'm going to walk to the ring, put my foot on the champion's chest and be declared the newest and youngest world champion. And Lesnar was like, why don't you come down to the ring right now and we'll deal with that sort of thing. And Theory says, well, no, because let's not forget what you did to me last time you put your hands on me. And he replayed the clip, which I forgot how awesome it was, from the Elimination Chamber of Brock Lesnar F5ing in from one of the pods. Um, He showed that as a warning to Reigns, he said, ahead of SummerSlam, but also a reminder to Lesnar that he didn't forget. Get them, boys! And there is Chad Gable and Otis, and Lesnar calls them cockroaches. And, And I did, every time I see Brock Lesnar interact with a big lad he hasn't seen before, probably, it gets me excited. We all remember the Keith Lee stuff, and there he was just looking at Otis, like, hello, what's this? He gets distracted by him. Gable chop blocks him and he goes, good snap. Uh, But he's unaffected by it, basically. Otis tries to attack, no effect. Lesnar chucks him all over the place, gets him on the outside and just, right, he nails him with the steel steps. And then anytime that man is wielding a steel chair, I'm like, he's not pulling any, well, strikes, but punches here. He just wails on both of them with this chair. And then he picks up Gable And one of the cameraman fiercely goes, gonna get him nice and close with this. And Gable gets suplexed into the cameraman, belly to belly suplexed into the cameraman. He picks up Otis like he's a feather and F5s him through the announce table, which explodes. A huge baby. um, And he tips his cowboy hat to Heyman, walks out. That is how you have Brock Lesnar on your TV, Michael Hamflit.
1: Yeah. So this, I think, had a number of objectives. And I think it failed to achieve any of them. And yet I really enjoyed the segment. That's my assessment of all of this. Did this uh, heighten my interest in this exhausted Roman Brock match? Absolutely not. Did it give me any sense that uh, theory is on Lesnar or Reigns' level or a cash-in would be interesting? No. Do I believe that raw mid-carders or raw regulars or indeed full-time WWE superstars Mm -hmm. can hang with Brock Lesnar? 100% 100% no, <laughs> and yet with each of those sort of ingredients into this, i just had a whale of a time. I genuinely enjoyed Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar's interactions. And I cannot remember the last time I said that. I don't know if it was the delivery of the dialogue, the dialogue itself. I'll tell you something. They wanted you to visualize Brock Lesnar F5 in a pig, and then they gave you what they believe to be their closest approximation yep. of it. That's not me calling notice a pig. They wanted you to imagine it and then they found the biggest guy they could and had him do an f5 like i truly believe that was that was why that existed and it's like well fair play for them implanting this idea and then actually delivering it and following through within one segment um theory was kind of funny in spite of himself i think as well like uh, is is like this was such an absurd place for him to try and deliver this confident message of what he was going to do when you know that you when you got Brock talking such an enormous game, Paul Heyman speaking in such ludicrous, grandiose terms about this match, and then there it. MJ, it. I absolutely fucking suck. Like it's sort of like it was the contrast was just right. And then yeah, like you described the carnage perfectly. Like it was there. We've had this with Brock countless times, and not many people keep it as fresh as him. Uh, but they know it's like a Brock Lesnar cheat code, isn't it? Like how violent can you get? Well, we'll let you go even further because you're Brock. Uh, I I had a I had a whale of a time with this, um, but it just wasn't effective in what it set out to achieve.
3: Yeah, I have to echo that completely. Um, I was talking on the preview yesterday, which you might as well still listen to. roll money and all the rest of it. <laughs> uh, I said that they don't have a story here. They've told the story of. Super dominant Roman Reigns actually has a challenge for once, then fourth challenge, therefore, no one can beat him. The end, the end of WWE. does anybody look? So that's it. You've told that's the end of the story. You've told that's the series finale. Um, and really? when they've tried to reboot it, it makes no sense whatsoever that the whole I mean it does, but the wrong person said the story beat. Um Brock Lesnar saying that now that you've gone away for a while and um you're part-time and you barely here you sat at home fattening up like a pig who's ready to get slaughtered and i guess it was cute that they tied it into farm stove <laughs> at the same time <clears throat> lesnar is you know part-time as well so you could say the exact same thing to him realistically even though it doesn't work because he's just a natural freak athlete but what's roman reigns then he just i don't know it's just them telling the story made no sense because it was kind of hypocritical and you're basically saying one person's bred for this, it's fine for him to piss off, the other one now is just getting fat. I know it's just weird, it was just totally weird. Like, it's one thing for like, I don't know, Randy Orton to have a feud with Roman Reigns. If Randy Orton was still here virtually full time, at least on TV, and said this about Roman, I could buy that as a story beat. I wouldn't think it's particularly good because WWE doesn't do good things, but makes sense. This made no sense. Um. Brock Lesnar's angles are so much better at this point than Brock Lesnar's matches. So I feel like I was going to get fooled into something here. But God bless them for fooling me because this was absolutely sensational television. Like, I could almost see their spines through their skin and getting bruised with those chair shots. It was total carnage, total destruction. All of these words that Vince McMahon is obsessed with, eviscerate, annihilate, carnage, destruction. They seem, on the surface so preposterous and yet brock lesnar absolutely embodies them with his brilliance and um this angle was an extension of how good he is if only the angle here was going to be anywhere near as electrifying and as physical and as dangerous feeling as the match itself at SummerSlam. Mm. Uh, so yeah it didn't work but it also worked
0: in and of itself uh when we come back um the mysterious have come out Uh for their match. Oh no, Ray's match against Finn Balor. Outcome the judgment day. Only two of them, of course, right now. Rhea Ripley still suffering from an injury. Get well soon. And uh priest gets on the mic and says, What happened last week was just justice for the way things used to be. Uh he talks about the fact that in two weeks Ray's going to be celebrating his 20th anniversary in the WWE. But face it, Ray, you're done. You're washed up. It's over. You've got nothing to offer, Dominic. No wisdom, no strength. All you are is an ugly mask and some old and tired circus tricks that ain't even yours. Um, but they've got something to offer Dominic, which is a new, whole new set of rules. Uh, the future of is going to be decided by the Judgment Day and Dom is welcome to join it. <laughs> Why? Uh, uh, <laughs> rise with the Judgment Day or continue to fall alongside your father. And then uh, Finn calms down Damien Priest. And says dom when are you gonna learn uh when are you gonna start seeing things like we do he says ray <laughs> a legend do you know who else was a legend edge rolled a footage that that apparently right presumably been working on while she's injured and they showed him killing edge uh and he said look edge ain't coming back and the only edge that's coming back is in you too the best band of all time no uh he said <laughs> he said Edge is a bad leader, and Ray, you're a bad leader and a bad father. All right, <laughs> and we get into it. Ray attacks Balor, but Priest pulls him out of the ring before the mysterious can do any worse. And then you get the match. Basically, thoughts on the <laughs> thoughts on the promo. Like
3: Ray Mysterio was basically stood there far too long, just taking. It's so not even the invisible wall, which is WWE, and in fact, AEW's usual trick of we could say lots of horrible things to each other but we're starting far away from each other so we can't really hit each other yet it's ridiculous and this was even more ridiculous because there's no invisible wall or effectively nose to nose he just took it and took it and took it Um the line you're a bad father yeah you're a bad father now right <laughs> <laughs> like yeah he might be a bad trainer but I don't think he's a bad father mm. uh, and even if you know it was we still don't take that for as long as Ray did here so it just felt like exposition theater at the absolute detriment of ray's baby face uh you know qualities
1: i like this oh i'm so sorry i like this What's okay. um this was this is a, this is a burn on edge this is the best judgment day promo ever Like they've never had purpose before. You people, you sheep, scales, darkness. Like this had direction. Cedric's 100% right. Like ludicrous exposition of like WWE. They just completely take the piss with how they like shoot these things. But content wise, it's got way more meat on the bone than anything the Judgment Day have ever been involved with. It's, you can forget (laughs) that like they were doing well and they decided, you know what we need? A new leader. And then they get a new leader and then they can't get on Raw or win match. Mm. Like they kind of made you forget about this because they decked the Mysterios last week after they'd lost a the match to Eddie Guerrero nonsense, right? But you sort of forgot about that because there was just a lot of conviction between what Priest and Finn Balor were saying. And like, I know this is probably predictable and I'm going to take one week off the bit. So mm. gets to get a reprise from the bit for one week, right? At the same time, they've got the edge. They've got Edge doing his fiend stuff, right? And the whole point that, like, I know we're we'll skipping ahead a bit because it's later on the show, but you know, it's all folded in, isn't it? Like the latest Edge vignette is more stuff from his past. Well, we so, don't know it's Edge, so it could be anyone. Could be the fiend, but like, so the first one was Hardy's Dudley's brood. This one was Foley Cena RKO, right? So we're moving through the Edge, uh, the Edge career is is WB LinkedIn his CV whatever. And Rey Mysterio was obviously a big part of that at one point or another. Right. So in two weeks time, they're going to celebrate Rey Mysterio, which is probably when Edge comes back to make the save, right, to run off the Judgment Day, to announce that he's going to be Rey's partner for match at SummerSlam just before the pay-per-view. So it's going to be at its hottest. We've not like they've not like already made you bored of the Edge Rey Mysterio team. And then Dominic's going to go, oh, thanks a lot, Dad. So your old mate comes back and apparently now I'm chopped liver. I'm not good enough. And he has listened and he joins the Judgment Day. I, I I just sort of thought I, I think they've actually planted a few seeds, they're gonna pay something off, they're gonna deliver it, and it's all gonna tie together. I don't hear that. Yeah, I, don't I, 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 mean, I think they might be telling a story.
0: Is is MSG in two weeks? Is that where it is?
1: If it is, even better. That'll get a you'll get a big pop.
0: They're yeah. good <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the
3: for MSG these days.
0: Uh before before we review the match, thoughts on Ballas gear? Um, look, it's a bit different, in it? It's a bit different.
3: <laughs> I, I hate how uh, I'll do purple because
1: it's uh, like the <laughs> I was, I was just about to say, <laughs> like Finn Balor's the type of guy that would look good in anything, and that phrase is always like, "He looked good in like a potato sack," but that sounds like I'm making a generic stereotype joke, and I'm not. Even <laughs> Yeah, we not good in any wrestling gear at this point, I'm there.
0: I did like I did quite enjoy this match, understandably. It's Finn Balor versus Rey Mysterio. They can't really have a bad match, these two. Um, I did also like Balor teasing the three amigos, but he knows that still kind of gets a bit of a peppy so he just didn't do it. Um, Ray goes up top at one point and gets caught with a uh, kick to the Kick the leg out of his leg and his knee. That's what he was selling throughout the match. It was the story of the match, basically. Um, he's still all right to hit a uh, sliding sunset bomb to the outside, though <laughs> to no, mm. take us the break. Um, Ray hits a super runner for a two count as well. Um, and goes for the six one nine, gets hit, but Bala does the. I don't know why I got a flashback to this. Bala does the CM Punk sit up against Darby Allen to dodge out the way of the frog splash. Taps the side of his head, gets Crucifix, but then Bala fights back and sort of hits the nineteen sixteen, I think, uh, to set up for the coup de grace. One, two, three. Thoughts on the match, Sig?
3: It was pretty damn good. It yeah. was pretty damn good. It's one of those where you said it perfectly. It's kind of literally impossible for these two not to have a good, well-worked, professional wrestling match. Um, wasn't particularly invigorating never reach this crescendo where you get the all important feeling of oh my god this is something special here because that just rarely happens um this is let's let's never forget that i don't say these things right do i i don't i do but you know who else does yeah marks vince mcmahon yeah explicitly told Shayna baszler who then relayed this information on a podcast maybe it was with her uh, renee paquette that, um, she went in on raw pandemic, I think, um, and started doing Shayna Baszler stuff, which is like really cool and intricate and, you know, unique and, uh, Vincent Mann blew a gasket, sent mm-hmm. her back out when Natalia, dropped down, um, leapfrog the whole bit. And she just went backstage went went hey, like, I, I thought you wanted me to be Shayna Baszler is like, yeah, yeah I kind of do, but on paper per view like <laughs> not raw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 the you your stuff on paper. This is only TV, so how the hell am I, am I meant to give a toss? This is yeah. good, right? The raw story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, I there you noted the um three amigos bit. I think the the general like Finn Balor thinking he was outsmarting Rey Mysterio without using the light cheat steal was quite a nice nod to last week. A stubborn refusal to acknowledge Eddie Guerrero after what happened to them last week. I thought it was. like a neat touch it it threaded one match to the other rather than these just being a series of weekly exchanges between the wrestlers
0: Mm. Uh, from one promo you enjoyed uh, but one i quite enjoyed actually becky lynch came out next and she's she's full of piss and vinegar She's standing atop the announce table. She's got the promo, which I like that a little bit different. She's uh, annoyed, or she was annoyed, about not winning money in the bank after everything she went through to get into the match and said, Live winning the match and winning the title was like winning the lottery. But she doesn't have to, or she shouldn't have to, win the lottery because of how hard she works. And after winning, uh, you know, what she did, uh, winning that, no. No holds barred, street fight, whatever it was. The match against Asuka, basically. She should be the number one contender. But instead, of course, tonight, Bianca Belair is going to defend the title against Carmella. She's still annoyed about not getting her one-on-one title match the night after WrestleMania. But she goes, she says, well, it doesn't matter because I'm good. I work hard. And tonight, I am demanding the title shot at SummerSlam. And she sits down to watch the match between Carmella and and bianca belair which was the best match they've had in my opinion i don't know why they didn't do this at the well i do know why but the this was the best version of their match uh right up until the finish age-old thing here um back and forth early on uh when we come back from the break carmel is in control and corey graves says she's a badass with great ass <laughs> this is a, an interesting call Um Carmella, you know, does the usual stuff here in terms of it looks like she's in control. And for example, she goes for a, I think a second high crossbody, and Belair just catches her, catches her like she's now because she's ridiculous. I love her. Um, hits a vertical suplex, a delayed vertical suplex. In fact, uh, goes for the Glam sam. Carmella reverses it, gets a two count. Uh, Belair. Does eventually hit the glam slam, but uh, Carmella gets her knees up on a standing moonsault. Hits a super kick. That gets her a near fall again. Belair goes to the KOD, but Carmella wraps her legs into the ropes. And then when eventually she gets pulled off it, she manages to reverse the KOD beautifully into a face buster. Uh, That gets another near fall. Belair fights back, clothesline, spine buster, two count. Uh, Carmella decides she's just going to walk out of the match. Belair goes after her, but Carmella rakes her eyes, but Belair then shoves Carmella into the ring post and chucks her back into the ring. And then it looks like Becky Lynch is going to sneak attack Bianca Belair. She gets distracted and then she gets countered out and, you know, Becky Lynch does the old tap in the side of their head gimmick and Carmella celebrates like she's won the bloody title. Belair decks her. Lynch says Belair's a loser. Oh, I don't know why they didn't. Well, I do know again Hamlet, but why on earth didn't they just give Bianca Belair the win here?
1: Because then they can't keep Carmella in this story for a little bit longer. I d- I, it was It was just, it, the match was good. I think you're right. I think it was probably better than the premium live event one. Um, not by much though. And the finish undermined the whole thing anyway. It, I, it was just bleak. Like the finish was just bleak. Like Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair is the match. And if it's not the match, the triple threat absolutely ain't the match. You know? So like that's not anything against, her. I like Carmella, but they have actually kind of shown you the idea of Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair as the big singles summer match, a WrestleMania rematch and all the rest of it. And I uh, like really patronizing the, the worst kind of episodic booking where in their minds, they think this is the perfect way to keep the story going. And we keep Carmella in the mix until the last minute because we want to make you wait for that singles match. It's just, they believe it to be delayed gratification when it's not. Uh, or they've changed their mind and they think a triple threat is the answer, but I'm sure it's not that. Uh, I, I There's nothing to like about this. And the finish was rubbish too. Like, they, you know, if they want to do that delaying thing, why can't they have Carmella beat somebody else in the division and then lay claim to wanting one more crack at Bianca? and have her and Becky kind of come to blows over it and Bianca Belair, the babyface, say, well, I think I can take you both. I'll take you both on in a triple threat. And then, I don't know, she beats Carmella and Becky says, well, you didn't beat me. How about one more time? Like, you, you can do these things. Like, that's off the top of my head. And you can do these things without count out disqualifications and the babyface world champion looking like a moral.
3: Absolutely nonsensical stuff that undermined that which was vaguely quite good. In the preceding promo and match itself. Bianca Belair, good individual performance. Carmella, fine. Becky Lynch's content, incredibly basic. Delivery as great as she often is, mm. right? Who cares? Everyone's an idiot. Everyone is a complete moron, and the um there are no rules either. So it makes a complete nonsense out of everything. My investment particularly. So they this match. It's fine, it's good. It's not great. But the fact is, they did it, okay? And in the end, Becky Lynch just has a chat with Bianca Blair. She's like, what are you doing? Uh, got, yeah, you've just been counted out. All right, well, Bianca Blair's a moron. But Becky Lynch is also a moron, because what's stopping, realistically, think about it. What's stopping, on the back of this result, Adam Pearce turning around and saying, well, Carmella's just beat... Bianca Ballet therefore at SummerSlam she gets the match right and if you think about this that's kind of what maybe should happen you know mm-hmm. the, the rule but there aren't any rules it all changes the rule is if you beat the uh the, the champion in a match more often than not you'll get a chance to challenge for the title
0: Street Profits
3: yeah yeah that's not happening because Carmella versus Bianca uh, Belair isn't happening at SummerSlam it just isn't right and the more you think of oh, why is it happening you think oh because you know Carmella's not as big a star as Becky Lynch you're not meant to think this <laughs> but when you work through the logic or lack thereof in a storyline like this it's the, the self-owns they just take L's through their booking and make themselves look incompetent and chaotic all the goddamn time so the characters look stupid the booking and the way they've arrived at it indirectly makes you ask the question, oh, is Carmella a star? And then your answer is, oh, not really, because she just can't possibly do SummerSlam. So Becky Lynch, pointing to her head like an idiot, has taken a stupid risk that is only not a risk when you realise that the stars aren't really stars. Bianca Belair's a moron. This whole thing sucks. <laughs> Television shows rotten. And the weird way they think
0: Moving on, uh, we got the uh, cryptic video that may or may not be uh, Edge, uh, and then we got Ms. TV with special guest Champa, uh, and he's asked about his recent attacks on Raw, and Champa said, "I want all the eyes on me. Nobody demands more attention than the Miz." Uh, and then Ms. talks a load of bollocks. I genuinely couldn't be asked to write everything you down. He said here, basically, he said, "Here's a clip of Logan Paul." explicitly saying we won't team at SummerSlam, that he wants to fight me. And he said, Logan, why don't we be friends and a team again? Uh, we could be tag team champions, but if you turn me down, Logan Paul, I can find a new partner and I wouldn't have to look very far. Champ's just a spare prick at a wedding here, basically. Uh, AJ Styles interrupts, tells me to shut up. He says Champ is always there to do Mrs. dirty work uh he goes to well he goes to say something and miz have you seen this new t-shirt by the way the miz has got oh, i love yeah. it it's amazing oh shut up man!
1: right like what like just on that by the way the worst bit of that t-shirt is not that they've made a t-shirt that says i have gigantic balls right yes. <laughs> it's that because they wanted to be like a miz parody shirt it's on one of them name stickers like the hello is the worst bit because i read it in your voice hello i've got gigantic balls (laughs) announcing yourself in the room as having massive danglers
0: anyway so styles goes to reference that basically amazes does this whole shut up shut up it's not a thing it's not a thing but we're trying to make it a thing and he says, uh, "Well, you do not let me finish there, I mean, Mr. Styles." He says, "You're a coward." Styles uh, and Miss like, "Whoo, dodged a bullet there." <laughs> With tiny balls, oh, get him! <laughs> and then like ten people say, "Yeah, tiny what, tiny what?" <laughs> Styles gets in the ring, missing champ of bail, and then out comes Man of the People, Ezekiel, big Zeke's here. Uh, and he introduces himself, obviously, to AJ Styles. They've never met him before, uh, but you know, uh, Styles may know him because he's he's wrestled against his his brother uh, Elias. Uh, and he said, "Oh, by the way, Elias always said to me that he's got tiny balls too." Uh, <laughs> but he says he's gone to Adam Pearce and said, uh, "I'll be your partner tonight, AJ." Uh, Why is everyone Tony D? <laughs> if you if you'll accept me as your partner, and they shake hands. Um, before we get to the match, thoughts on uh, Mizutani Walsic? It's very amusing that
3: it can go one of two ways. It's both a dig at the Fed. So, you know, my worst impulses get delighted by this. Either the fans are too stupid to realise a simple tried and tested, tried and tested um, cue to mock the heel, right? And they're idiots. And it's quite funny that they are you trying to tell me something like all or, or the miz maybe not quite the big wrestling legend that everyone says he is on bloody twitter <laughs> and maybe people don't really give that much of a goddamn to us this feud is stupid it is juvenile miz and champa are the weirdest yeah weirdest two people to be next to each other, like in years to come, lists will be written of hey, remember these assholes hang out together? No, you don't. You totally don't remember this. Yeah. Then, like, that's, that's the thumbnail. That is the thought. Like, Miss and Champ there. Possibly have in common. What could they possibly have in common? You're telling me I would sit for like three, four, five years of Champ, like, oh, I love NXT. I'd f- it if I could. <laughs> to then get a line with the most sports entertainment guy of all time is just an absolute nuclear blast of just destroying his character's integrity. And what, how could I possibly take seriously the idea that Champa, who I've watched on a WWE property for years, talking about the work rate and the passion. And the spirit of NXT, I was made to the Miz. What? Yeah. It's. it's, it's how is this on television?
0: I, I I agree for the most part with usage, but I've got to say they do have one thing in common. Both of them think Maurice is hot. So there you go. He's <laughs> got a hot wife, so he wins basically. Have like, do you want to say? I just, think Maurice is hot because everyone thinks know? Maurice you, know? is you, know? hot. you seen her? You seen that broad? Come on, man.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah i, I love champa and Miz lads <laughs> I, love, I, I think it is i think the situation set up on something there i think it's the super crazy hacks or jim duggan energy of them being together I, I love it champa like they did those weeks where he just he would be in about an interview and then the interview would be like hey there's somebody more interesting shut up yeah. or like those times where he would do a running and then just disappear like Who else would you turn to other than the guy that's given 20 minutes a week to recite his own page? I I turn to him too. Like it's absolutely nuking is the word. They have absolutely nuked everything you ever knew about Tommaso Ciampa, but seemingly so is he because everything he knew about himself was getting him absolutely nowhere. It's absurd that these two men would hang around each other at all, but it speaks to the desperation of Ciampa that he's had to look for me to get help in this. Again, I like it when wrestlers try, like they, they. I like it when wrestlers stop trying to make sense of how this universe functions and just accept it for its insanity. And that's what Champa's doing. Saddling up to them is—he's mm. like, "Well, I could just be a good wrestler, but apparently, you're not rewarded for that in this wrestling company." Mm. So I'm going to go speak to that LinkedIn promotional guy that gets twenty minutes in the ring once a week. <laughs> He's my guy. I, it Ciampa and Miz makes total sense to me. The tiny ball stuff is absolutely risible. Um, and just a quick note, by the way, uh, I love him. I'm not selling my stock, but Ezekiel is flagging without Kevin Owens. Badly. Badly yeah. flagging without Kevin Owens.
0: Uh, so then it was AJ Styles and Ezekiel versus Miz and Champa.
1: Skip.
0: Thought so. Ended by a DQ because, of course, it is. Uh, right, enough all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling-related. The five-star review review. Nailed it! Uh, <laughs> and this week's five-star review review uh, is brought to you by Chris. Chris, I'm Chris. Chris, uh, thank you for your uh, <laughs> iTunes review. If you want your, your name associated, if you want to suggest a five-star review review, you need to do subscribe to what called dressing on iTunes and leave us a five-star review, just like Chris did, who writes. Hello! I'm a fella who was not at all into wrestling until the year. Do you want to take a guess at the year, lads? It's going to have
3: to be, be 1997 or 1989. Because... Or oh,
0: 2019 for AEW. Until the year 2019. <laughs> I didn't even know what AEW was at the time. I just found WWE stupidly fun. that of a a wow year swallow you uh, it was late 2019 too with survivor series being my first pay-per-view um my expectations were not that high he says uh, since then i loved hated stopped watching wrestling for a little bit and then <laughs> went to my very first indie wrestling show back in may But no matter what, what, since then, I've listened to the news and more recently started to listen to and love the previews and reviews ever since. Uh, You make my walk to work and first hour of the shift so much more enjoyable. Uh, I get to make jokes. Sorry, and I make jokes I get from you to all my friends and they laugh. So thanks for that. They think I'm a genius. Uh, Speaking of jokes, though, Chris writes, for a five-star review review, I was hoping for the one of the debut of Deuce and domino a right, tag yeah. team with a gimmick i think would absolutely fit in with two but today uh he writes also where is <laughs> it wasn't my car from i keep trying to find it uh where's that from and take us back to Deuce and domino's debut
1: that's from a david boy smith promo he cut for some like localized adverts for a match against repo man who was known for nicking people's things uh, I'll leave it at that. But if you go on YouTube and look for British Bulldog Repo Man, um, maybe we'll see if we can track the link down and put it in. Then, like I don't know, the notes, this podcast, or in the tweet or something like that. It's a classic. We'll we'll find the link because um, it really, like, I can't do it. Just this. It's a British Bulldog promo moment of which there are several. It's called. It's by your friend and
0: mine, E. Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, uh, and it's called "There's No Outsmarting
1: the British Bulldog." Perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is good. Yeah, type that in because not only we get that promo, God knows what else you might find searching. that. Yeah. He's Juice got
0: Domino. some great
1: videos. He's a he's not wrong. His assessment there, Chris, with Jason Domino. Uh, there was definitely a period in the mid 2000s where SmackDown was sort of like a precursor to 2.0. It was becoming a bit of a Misfit Toys brand when it became apparent that WWE had largely lost interest in it compared to Raw. Um so you got. Odd game, you know, this is the preserve of Paul Birchall, the pirate, just for another example off the top of my head. You know, the SmackDown Juniors division. Uh Palmer Cannon, network executive. Definitely an era for these type of gimmicks. And yeah, there is no there is no backstory. These were greasers, time traveling greasers who had decided to rock up on SmackDown. And you know, tired out guess of bullying guys in diners. They thought, well, let's fight for a living instead.
3: There is actually a little bit of a come, a further backstory to the okay. initiative of your juice and dominoes your greasers your male cheerleaders and the spirit squad and your boogeymans, and all the rest of it apparently and this is like such a cyclical thing the long-term wwe fan will have experienced this and then no doubt in about six seven eight years will experience it again once this wave sort of subsides and i think like 2004 like the kind of like the Angle Guerrero Benoit sort of deal, where like a lot of fans really want to see some good wrestling, but not enough of them by half of Vince's liking. And um, that was kind of in vogue. And apparently, he just turned around and went, Do the new generation again. <laughs> and I think the, the, the question wasn't asked, Well, that was great, but it wasn't really good for business. Let's do it again. We need wacky characters, none of this wrestling crap. And uh, step forward in time. 2021 happens nxt's been obliterated by aew and Vince McMahon has then again turned around and said yeah get rid of these kickpad losers who are really good at wrestling get stupidity back on my show so that was genuinely a bit of that that
0: explains the spate mm. the actual plague of just ridiculous gimmicks in the mid-2000s of wwe and of course now vince has been completely vindicated and unsurprisingly that era of smackdown was one of my favorites so let's get into it <laughs> so they come out like you say with a little car and with the 50s music and whoa this was like i've forgotten what what was it 2006 2007
1: is this yeah this would be 2006 i think hmm. i've forgotten
0: the roller coaster that was commentary at that time that's oh, mainly yeah. my notes here if i'm honest apart aside from the promo they cut before their match michael cole says oh i've been looking forward to this in the most disingenuous way possible uh and jbl i don't know what was just played but jbl says to what Julian hall in that new outfit i trained her right didn't i what i don't know objectifying <laughs> here but regardless uh anyway Deuce and Domino have been on the screen for about 30 seconds now. And it's like JBL has finally torn his attention away from daydreaming about Gillian Hall in that outfit. And he suddenly goes, what the hell? Right. And they're out there and there's Deuce and Domino and and Cherry. uh, And and Cole says, such, he says, uh, here comes Deuce and Domino. JBL goes, Deuce and who? Uh, And they're announced as from the other side of the tracks.
1: Love it. Brilliant.
0: On on this,
1: by the way, just just briefly on there, on JBL as a commentator, and to Sidrick's point about all these new characters, JBL JBL hated slash resented half of them mm -hmm. because he didn't like the people backstage because they didn't show respect for the business. (laughs) and that terrifying locker room we talk about, and the people that you were supposed to be like holding utter reverence, even if you never met them or whatever. So he would do this routinely. So like you know, decent domino, whatever. The Miz was a famous one. and it was just this weird situation where Vince had insisted on these cartoons and then basically sent one of his henchmen out and bollocked them through yeah. JBL. And he said, or, or let JBL do it and just let it happen. Didn't say, well, actually, I called for six terrible ideas. So when you're burying them, that kind of undermines my message. It was like, yeah. hey, oof, I want my ideas out there, but I want that idiot cowboy that I put the belt on for a year who killed the business to uh, to bury them, please. Like, it was, it was so strange. Like, a lot of these young guys never stood a chance, not just because of the gimmick, but because the guy at the desk despised them.
0: Yeah, I get it that we often see in various promotions a transparent attempt of, like, here's something new that you should like. But it was so weird to have Michael Cole doing that shtick and JBL going, no, I think they kind of suck and I don't care who they are or what they're called. Or, you know, they're trying to put over where they're from or whatever. Although, I did like JBL's weird swipe uh, via Cherry, who's on roller skates, of course. Uh, and he says, if she had a skateboard, half a brain and no talent, she could be the head of talent relations. Very good. That, that's pretty good. Uh, and then they do the bit. Remember they did this with Tony Storm a while back when they were like, Tony Storm's mother, she liked all these great artists from the 80s or whatever it was. <laughs> so, Coldest goes to do that. But again, JBL's trying to be like, nah, this is a load of bollocks, this. So, uh, cold goes, from what I understand, these guys are big fans of Elvis Presley. And JBL goes, He's dead. <laughs> and James Dean, dead. And all the great greases of the 50s era. They're all dead, says JBL. That the- line about John Laurinaitis is so cutting
3: because this is the product of his job. Yes. This stupid yeah. act that's getting buried. They're more principally interested in doing, like, banter with the boys' club. Like, in these weird sort of lines of communication, like, on commentary and Vince feeding it. Like, they're just... They would rather get their jokes in at night as being stupid and incompetent than getting acts over on television. <laughs> yes. And this oh, is a yeah. company that had a monopoly over professional wrestling that they should never have relinquished. And now AW's
1: happened. I how would that know. work now? Like with, with characters this stupid, how would that Like Tony D last week with his uh, I made uh, Santos disappear and then it cuts back to Vic. That's right, where he killed him? And I've called the police. That's the of that. <laughs> Just just kills a gimmick stone dead, just highlights all the massive flaws with it and the logic problems with countless gimmicks like this. I thought I thought he was good at poker. Weird. I thought Duke Hudson was a class player, he's just lost again. He's a terrible <laughs> poker player. Uh,
0: JBL, horrible flashbacks to this era as well, when he says the cherry does her backflip into the ring and she's got the short skirt on uh, and he says, Oh, somebody stole Sonic's driving girl. <laughs> you should send her back or send her to my room. Oh, come on. Anyway, uh, at one point, I think JBL says, oh my, maybe when she does the backflip. And Michael says, do you just say, oh my? And uh, <laughs> JBL says, yep, oh my is what you say when you're lost for words and you're dyslexic. What What's going on, guys? Anyway, it's thankfully. The,
3: it's banter, it's, it's the keys and gray era. Yes. It's like, more fitting than ruthless aggression which vince said for two weeks two weeks and it's informed a six-year period of this company keys
0: and gray yeah uh so thankfully things get back to normal with domino he gets on the mic <laughs> does his little pose and says allow me to introduce the band oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> he says this right here standing tall the one and only mr crackham in the mouth deuce and then deuce uh how is he related to snooker son son. yeah he's the he one be... who didn't catch taker at wrestlemania
1: yeah it, <laughs> it's the thing right just quickly domino was played by cliff compton who would later go on a, a certain amount of infamy through the art of wrestling podcast of and punk like good partner it, like liberally and like, owned up to pinching off of uh Andrew dice Claire's act, funnily enough. So, like, knew what he was doing, knew how to try and get this over. Um, <laughs> Deuce sucked, yeah,
3: yeah, Deuce was uh,
1: aptly
0: named, uh. Yeah,
1: Deuce sucked, flush. Uh, so
0: Deuce gets on the mic and says, And look yeah, at I this, can't. folks, feast your <laughs> eyes upon this. Look what we got here, Mr. Untouchable himself domino and domino does a little thing and then goes ah! <laughs> unsurprisingly lads i am loving this yeah uh and domino says and this right here there she is my sweet innocent baby sister cherry and he says they watch him out that's my sister man and do says hey there's my freaking chick nobody's supposed to look at my chick uh and uh, Domino says, hey, take it easy, Deuce. Oh, what's this, huh? Is this the best Arkansas has got to offer? Uh, and then you know Deuce is like trying to get at him because they've been looking at this chick. And then he cheap shots him and they just beat him down. Uh, and uh, no, so Domino, no, Deuce does. Yeah, Deuce does cheap shot him and then stands on their face and yells, thank you very much. And all I think can think of right now from the moment the, the physical side of things started, I was like, yeah, you may have seen that little uh interview that London and Kendrick did a while back. And I was like, Yep, yeah, can completely understand where they're coming from with all this. Um not a lot of talk about the rest of the if I'm honest. JBL um likes Domino's open-handed slap, but mainly focuses on Cherry or Sherry as he keeps calling her and getting her the getting her out of those wheels and into a shorter skirt so there we Don't go
3: quite short isn't it john yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's a joke look i will say one thing about this keys and grace skit in this legendarily awful act right is i admire their the images they have in their head of the uh juice 316 says i just cracked you in the mouth <laughs> because just gonna crack you in the mouth themselves, a and then, like, uh, you're looking at my chick, I'll crack you in the mouth. And it's <laughs> like they really want to get that over. They think, right, okay, well, you know, what, what we'll do is, um, new generation gimmick, yes yeah, after it failed, yes yeah, after something obliterated it in terms of the attitude era, which were chasing the dragon at the same time. It's all a complete mess, complete philosophical mess. Um, and you know, we're gonna bury them on commentary. and uh, the guy absolutely sucks and shouldn't be on television, and we kind of know this. Um, but you know, make them say "crack you in the matter about eight times. And then, you like chick, i crack you in the mouth. Maybe they're thinking, yeah get a t-shirt out of this, though. We can get a t-shirt out of this. I don't know why, because he just buried them on screen, but the <laughs> insist, like he's so stiff as well.
0: Yeah, like mm-hmm.
3: legendary, like he just people hated working with them it's just oh generally not that bad an athlete by the standards of like your heidenreichs and stuff like that but just a very clumsy like
0: uncaring worker Mm. but it's very apt that he keeps saying crack you in the mouth because what's their finish kicking someone uh (laughs) domino holds one of them in place do like sid alluded to kicks him as like they say a boot to the skull and normally you think all right it's just it's a kick to the head Well, this looks like a boot to the skull. It's a great sell job if it's not as stiff as I think it might be. It's stiffer Um, than you, yeah. Uh, But Domino's a legal man, and he even drops a little (laughs) before he gets the pin. Fonzie-esque, fantastic stuff. Uh, I also wrote down in my notes because they celebrate and they do the replays and they try and put them over again. And then suddenly JBL's like, yeah, these are great. I think they should face London and Kendrick, actually. And this this tag team division is uh, absolutely stacked um but all i could notice is as they're going out celebrating and they're doing the whole thing of like oh she's celebrating with the system celebrating more with a guy um where did her car go because they came out in that fifty car and then they're walking around but it's not there anymore did someone steal it that's my question <laughs>
1: What's even their car it <laughs> the a top car was it 350 something days London and Kendrick held the tag belts and then they spitefully beat them on a house show and it was juice and Domino that beat them God I'm kind of them little idiots have them for a year those little freaks see how short they are I love i these two
0: I loved London and Kendrick so much they were such a good team and uh but am' I right in thinking just you know we do we often do this sort of uh the backstory to it all the Following on from this, they did some stuff. I think they had a title reign, possibly yeah, like you say, for a bit, like four months or something. But
1: then, didn't they have a losing streak of like a year basically before they got released? They hung around like a bad smell. They split them. Um, They like now that it just Domino tried to like shot like shot his own vignette where he was he was going to take over SmackDown with total domination, which I'm sure is kicking around on YouTube somewhere. It's not wow. the, the, the sim uh, snooker tragedy was him and was it Manu and maybe somebody else I'm forgetting were like uh, maybe you guys could be a legacy and it was then there was this sort of this randy orton backstage call it was like just because second generation they can't just be in my group like they're, <laughs> crap. they're crap they're terrible so they'd actually done the visual of them being together because I don't know like Cody was injured or something it's like yeah maybe these are my friends now like, I don't even think so no they're not
0: uh, also just i'm just trying to work this out you might know this pamphlet. who um they got rid of cherry at one point who who replaced her
1: oh i, I cannot remember um uh, no god i can't remember
0: is it maurice oh man oh. yeah
1: they got maurice in of course oh yeah of course because there's that clip isn't there go and look for cherry maurice slap sell like here's some moments people for the podcast. Sage Josh show you when we're back in the office. Cherry slaps Maurice and it's an all-time sell. I, I don't need to recommend it to the World because he probably keeps it in his bookmarks or something. Oh, yeah. I Google um that.
0: speaking of which we now go to the comment section. Once again, these do not reflect the views of myself, the daddy boys or anyone at What Culture S Um Can I guess one of the comments? Go on. Does someone
3: like I don't know, Fat Hog69? <laughs> <laughs> say something to the effect of a papa cherry oh
0: there isn't actually one of those there is the last one is very well we'll get to it um obvious stuff early on steve two toes <laughs> right wwe really dropped the ball with these guys <laughs> 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 they gave them the titles
3: i, I love this years and years and years have just given people they don't think are worth going back to developmental titles <laughs> titles <laughs> championships accolades
0: drop the ball uh lovely walton iffy writes oh, i'd love to see them again one more time
1: please <laughs> <laughs> why nobody like like the gimmick battle royal right such was such was the golf even though it had only been 10 years, maybe 12, 15 in some cases, but the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17, there's maybe one or two exceptions. And even now, like, I'm just thinking because Hillbilly be Jim looked jacked, right? But that gimmick battle royal comes out, and these guys are only from a decade and maybe a decade and a half ago. Nobody is watching these people come down the aisle and go, whoa, they can still go. <laughs> the whole point is these characters are dated, and you want one last look at the gimmick. And yet, people do these YouTube comments, and because their memories are so what? Yeah, Jason Donovan could really give. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. Like, generations of
3: people who just simply need to grow up. I didn't oh, yeah. watch stuff. the yeah. I didn't watch the Attitude Era and think you know what this needs, uh, Ronnie Garvin. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't think that. I'd, I'd grown up with the times, just because I watched him on a VHS. nothing's automatically good because you watched it when you were six. <laughs> <laughs> grow up.
0: Uh. I'm going to let you talk about this very briefly because I can just hear someone at my door. They really needed Andrew Dice Clay as their manager. It would have worked, wouldn't he? Like you say, he just stole everything from him. Well, now that Wilborn has to go to the door,
3: I'm mm. going to make him, um, and he's making us do more work. Yeah. Right? We could make him do more work on the edit by mm. reciting some of um, Andrew Dice Clay or Ian Dice Clay?
1: It's Andrew Dice
3: Clay, yeah. And, yeah, because I, of the is, whole thing. Is, is, this a, a wise, is this a wise call? twitter ian is like completely so for those we'll just give you a bit of a history lesson before we get yeah. the next comments on andrew dice clay who was the inspiration behind uh Juice's, uh oh! oh he played this like um edgy comedian he used to smoke a tab right where he would get his arm put it around his neck and go <laughs> and his thing was it was like he, he would swear and like basically it was so easy to be controversial in the early 90s you would just swear um or like otherwise just do like very easy it was shock, like it was easy like shock value was a thing it was very yeah. easy to do so his thing was um he would do like dirty dirty nursery rhymes and <laughs> swearing them right so and like the and i would go oh 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 and like absolutely love it in the comedy clubs right uh, do you want to hear one of these um, Andrew Dice Clay nursery rhymes? <laughs> can,
1: I what I, can I do an after because I've got a favourite?
3: Hickory Dickory Dock. This chick sat on my cock. <laughs> the clock struck two. I shot my goo. Hickory Dickory Dock. Oh, I got
1: I got two that I always remember because they just really spoke to me, like from Andrew Dice Clay's rude nursery rhymes. Mary had a little lamb. Her father shot it dead. Now it goes to school with her between two chunks of bread. Right. Lamb sandwich. Lamb sandwich. <laughs> Simple Simon met a pieman going to the fair. Said Simple Simon to the pieman, what have you got there? Said the pieman to Simon, pies, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> two seconds after Google
3: more. We don't have, have, have to talk about the rest of our role, do we?
1: uh second jill went up the hill to have some hanky panky silly jill forgot her pill and now they got little frankie
3: wait there wait there wait there got some here
1: i don't go anymore <laughs> hey,
3: i wait, wait there something's not very good actually yeah i think i nice like might suck i the hobbit Went to the cupboard to fetch a poor doggy a bone. When she bent over, Rover took over and give her a bone of his own. So some bestiality <laughs> there! Bestiality uh, from uh, Mister Clay. Oh, oh! See <laughs> <laughs> so anything? You just go. Oh, at the end. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. I might have misquoted him. Um, hickory dickory dog, some chick was sucking my cack. Uh, (laughs) I I said, oh my God, it was actually sucking my cack. Uh, Three blind mice, see how they run. Where the f***
1: are they going? (laughs) (laughs) Mary had a little lamb, it ran into a pylon. 10,000 volts up its ass and it turned its wool to nylon. Yes. Oh, definitely good definitely old,
3: old, old mother goose. Remember her? I fed her. I don't know what that
1: means. <laughs> <laughs> I got one more here now. Humpty Dumpty set on a war. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men said, screw him. He's only an egg. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> wholesome. Oh, no swears. Oh, no slut
3: no shame
0: right back to the relative normality of the comment section in in the great words of michael sidrick i love this phrase when you say think of the ground that covers because it's so off. you drop it on like aw when you talk about how good a match may be or how dreadful something on monday night Raw is but in the response to this i'm sure you're going to say it again uh dre the kid writes that theme song chills yeah, that's it. The Undertaker's gong, the, s- the grass smashing with stone colds, and Juice and Domino's 50s music.
1: Chills, grow up! Can you just imagine, this is the, We always go back to this now. Boss Baby 2. He's at like a gig or at a club. It's got real Juice and Domino vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to like Sleepwalk. Yeah. Uh, it's got real Juice and
0: Domino vibes. It. <laughs> uh do you know what it reminds me of actually saying that uh i remember being at a house party once and uh it was just like you know like a an an ipod or someone's computer it's just like oh yeah put any songs you want on and this guy made this big thing he was such a pretentious asshole. he made this big thing of like uh gonna put something on now guys that uh you probably never heard of but i think you're gonna like it (laughs) he put on the last shadow puppets it's like oh yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> Alistair, one of the biggest uh, artists in the world because he's in the arctic monkeys his side project yeah i think i might have heard of this one you know anyway uh, i like this there's a little story here from uh, casey rubel in the comments uh i actually met uh, deuce domino and cherry once at a fan expo deuce and domino couldn't have cared less they were having a conversation about how it sucked to be up so early and just signed off stuff without even saying anything cherry was nice though what assholes.
3: should be like working hard for that money
0: yeah yeah well they probably had to get through that big line of people that they had sage to be fair (laughs) yes
3: true this is true uh
0: right now to the filth um gabriel garcia just writes uh, a year ago think how long this has been out just (laughs) writes. oh Oh, i love it when cherry jumps up and down
1: 14 year old footage grainy on YouTube. This will do. Here we go. (laughs) Right, finished. I think I'll leave a comment.
3: Thank you, (laughs) Cherry.
0: Thank you.
3: (laughs) Sploosh, please.
0: (laughs) Right, final comment posted, I'm not joking, 11 days ago, right? (laughs) By Judge Drew. He simply. He simply writes. It might be Andrew Dice Clay, to be honest. He simply writes. Imagine. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry.
1: Imagine those melons on your banana. Hey, I'm doing fruit stuff
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Back to Monday Night Raw. Let's wrap this up, shall we? Uh, yeah,
3: very quick. Um, I people don't like this, right? Because they don't get my analysis when I do this, and they think it's rude or whatever. Need to take a piss. Um, put my thoughts on the next segment. Probably suck.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> Riddle went up to Bobby Lashley, uh, and they they're going to be tagging in the main event. I'm fairly certain it was going to be Bobby Lashley doing an open challenge in Riddle versus Theory, but. Yeah. You know, there was loads of preview yesterday, and then they like, scrapped it. Yeah, Ryan Satin's going to be very confused watching this. He's going be
1: so confused.
0: Riddle talked about Stranger Things. Said he wanted to watch it with Lashley because he gets scared. And Lashley said, "I've already watched the Stranger Things." <laughs> Thanks, Bret <for my> <laughs> Uh You know
1: what? And... Like, just look at Bobby Lashley. Has he got time for telly? Look at that yeah. body. Like, I wouldn't go to Lashley and be like, "Do you just fancy getting a takeaway tonight?" A what? I don't understand. Uh,
0: then we got a tag match. It's weird. Just oh, do it, bollocks. Who cares? Uh, Alexa Bliss and Asuka versus DiDi and not Nikki Ash Hamflet. Mm. Dark Nikki Ash. She's got the black <laughs> superhero gear now. Yeah, she's gone full DC with it all. Uh, Bliss pin Nikki with a DDT. Not really a lot to say about this.
1: I uh, I appreciated Vince McMahon through Corey Graves basically slagging off therapy. Like, if you need therapy in your life, go get some. Talk to people. Like, it's twenty twenty two, but it's like I don't think Alexa Bliss has like, kind of lost her edge since therapy. Probably seen one of them bloody cranks. <laughs> like, if it works for you, go go do whatever you need. Like, don't listen to Corey. I mean, just generally don't listen to Corey Graves. But don't listen to this message either. Mm. Uh, that was followed, uh, of
0: course, by Jimmy Uso versus Angelo Dawkins. But before we get to the match itself, which they definitely promised throughout the entire night, um, mm-hmm. we get a promo from the Uso's. They say, "Say what, we a bloody broken record. I was like, you certainly are. Um, we come out on SmackDown Raw. We say the same things. We dominate both shows. Street Profits are bloody crying about their loss at Money in the Bank. Uh, and, of course, there's going to be a special guest referee for their match at SummerSlam. And they said, as long as that special referee can count to three, they're going to get another one. I don't even understand what that means, but still, out With come the, the street stuff. Yeah, just really weird crowbarring of that phrasing. Street bravest come out. They say, um, you know, we gave you gave everything at Money in the Bank, and our shoulder, Montez's shoulder, was off the mat. Uh, we're gonna take the titles at SummerSlam. We're up, and we want the smoke. And then who should come out? But our truth of all people, um, he claims he's a tag team counselor now. He's got one of those certificates. Uh, And he says he wants the teams to get along and says, look at where we are. San Antonio, the city of brotherly love. Um, And the use telling him basically just piss off unless he's got a certificate for him to be a referee and a referee shirt on under there. And he was. (laughs) He he revealed he had both. uh, The referee shirt on and a certificate. And he does his his audition uh, to be a ref at SummerSlam. And Jimmy Uso tells him to take his clown ass right to the back. And truth wasn't happy about that and he says san antonio do you want to see this clown ass fight and they cheer and uh truth said i'll fight you both with my partners the street robbers. and then he has a real issue with getting that referee shirt off <laughs> anyway out comes almost an mvp um mvp's been watching in the back and he says hey maybe almost could be the referee at SummerSlam, but right now almost wants to be in the match to even the odds the Usos are fine with all this. Could he be a new member of the Bloodline? No. Not related to them, so... Maybe Ryan Second's going to find out. On
3: <laughs>
1: sure. out of character next week. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, I've watched Moss wrestle quite a bit now. Like, it's funny to me to imagine him... Like, imagine this in this, like, Usos Street Profits classic, where there's a parade of near-falls at the end, almost having to get down and back up every time. <laughs> For two counts. He's less reliable than the guy that they've decided to replace with a fucking wrestler. <laughs> well, uh, Hamphlet, that's an absolutely
3: preposterous scenario you just laid out. <laughs> because Usos and the Street Profits don't have classic matches.
1: Hickory <laughs> uh... <laughs> dickory Usos Street Profits sucker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyway, Truth yells remember the Alamo and they get into a fight. And then the Usos and Omos lay them all out. And I thought, oh, we're not getting a match then. We came back, we're getting a match. It's six man. Uh the Usos and Omos versus the Street profits and our truth. Uh Ford and Dawkins hit dive. Truth ties one, but he gets caught and dropped by Omos to take us to a break. When we come back, Ford comes in, runs wild because he's mint. Hot tag. Uh blockbuster, standing moonsault gets his gets a two count. Omos cuts off his dive though. Uh, So the Street Profits have to teen up and drive him into the post. They hit Jimmy with that electric chair back elbow drop thing. But Jay dives in to break up the cover. Truth goes to do John Cena's five knuckle shuffle thing, but almost grabs him, throws him into the steel steps. Dawkins comes in, runs wild, then uh, almost makes a blind tag and hits a tree slam for the one, two, three handful
1: yeah nothing really to the match other than the possible detail of dawkins continue to being a bit of a weak link i suppose our truth is right there to get pinned Mm. but the purpose didn't seem for the heels to go over it seemed more for street profits to lose and again like i know ford got pinned but dawkins wasn't there to help was he because the Usos had already dispatched him at money in the bank that felt like the messaging i could just be Barking at the wrong tree or trying to insert stories where they're not there. But that's what I took. The match, there was absolutely nothing to this. For the time it got, nothing was going on.
3: Nothing to it other than Ford being really good as per... I really hope Hamlet's hypothesis has proved correct. Um, I would just like a new star who's good and who's going to get a push to work these goddamn shows, which are terrible. Um, so if that is why Dalton's got pinned... And you know Dalton's good as well. Um, that would still be good. I would like that to be the reason... Um, why this existed, because otherwise they've taken something that WWE hardcores have really connected with and made it entirely
0: frivolous, and you've just killed uh, Angela Dawkins' push a little bit there as well. So hopefully Hamflin's right. Uh, Seth Rollins is in the back getting into, oh, hang on, getting interviewed by uh, I don't write it down. Let's so see if I can remember who, it- Patrick! Um, because of promo <laughs> on Riddle, says when you play with fire you're gonna get burned just ask cody rhodes in comes theory these two pretend like they've never met each other before and he says oh oh mr mr rollins can you tell me you've got the best cashing ever tell me how to do it and ron says hey boy you've come to the red blitz and they walk off together this is when we got that cryptic video for edge with foley and orton and cena references and then logan paul announces he's gonna be on monday now row next week finally it's time for the main event lashley and riddle versus rollins and theory um bobby Lashley's just a freak when did this change oh uh when the show started all yeah, right we were talking about this yeah two different matches there's into one do you reckon they were going to do like well obviously theory would answer an open challenge for the us title and they were like oh bollocks he's busy well we'll just have to put all four of them in a match together <laughs> all they heard the podcast where we went it's blatantly obvious Seth Rollins is going to interfere because he's going to fight Riddle at SummerSlam. anyway Bobby Lashley hit Rollins and Theory with a sort of flatliner DDT combo which was amazing uh Rollins goes for a dive but Lashley catches him and sends him into the ring post whilst Riddle takes out Theory with a PK then out of nowhere this is legitimate out of nowhere Dolph Ziggler's music hits, mm. and they're like, Guys, he's back. <laughs> and I thought, The way, and also, wasn't he here about four weeks ago? Pissing off almost, yeah,
1: yeah. The Dirty Dogs with an MVP almost thing that never happened. I that idea, you're right, as well. That vibe of like, We've all been wondering where he's been. As everybody checked, it even was, I, I Oh, Dolph.
0: Uh Rollins, we've come back from the break. Rollins hits Riddle with a reverse superplex. That gets a two count. Riddle fights him off with a Pele kick eventually. Theory comes in, goes for that rolling drop kick, but oh my yeah, I love this spot. Goes for his rolling drop kick, but Riddle somehow catches him in midair with like a body triangle and a submission, which I thought was genuinely spectacular. Um, Theory fights back, Riddle makes the hot tag to Lashley. He runs wild on Rollins, hits that huge choke slam of his on theory uh rollins fights back though forearm strikes frog splash that gets him a near fall riddle comes in power slams the theory and that draping ddt uh, he sets up for an rko but rollins pulls theory out of the ring and so lashley spears him through the barricade I haven't seen that spot for oh, seven days um well- Theory tries to pin Riddle, but he puts his feet on the ropes and then it all comes together. I was questioning it and then I thought, mm, that is why you booked this show instead of me. Ziggler jumps up from commentary, or not commentary, just sitting at ringside, sorry, and pushes Theory's feet off the ropes. Theory turns around like, Dolph, what are you doing? Turns around, RKO, one, two, three. Uh, Riddle and Lashley get the win. Um, and I did like the bit when they're celebrating walking up the ramp and Riddle's like hits Lashley on the chest, like, good work, fella. And Lashley does the same back to him and knocks him over. And then post-match, Dolph Ziggler, as the crowd were crying out for to send him home happy, hits Theory with a super kick.
3: Roll, roll, roll your twat, gently down my brick. Merrily, 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 then you'll suck my dick. Uh, <laughs> that's just <true. laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that
3: was sort of the Audrey Dice Clay for you there. Um, regrettably, right, okay. Um like uh, it's wrestling is kind of teeming with horrible people, and it's a certain times I think you know what, you don't really want to like the smart because you don't like the people involved. Uh but you like one of them and not the other. So I uh, you know, like 50% of you can really get into it. Exceptionally difficult when theory and riddle are in the same ring. Um but their exchanges were actually really, really good. And particularly towards the end, Dolph Ziggler spending two months of my life talking about how everything was handed to theory and I got given nothing. I got given nothing theory. I'm going to prove that they should have given it to me. It should have been me. It's a baby face. (laughs) <laughs> eight years after everyone started giving a goddamn toss it's going to be the most punishingly brutally uninteresting television you'll ever gonna see okay those are all my
1: thoughts on the final segment Capiche? little miss muffet sat on a tuffet eating a curds and whey. along came a spider sat down beside her and said hey what's that in a bowl <laughs> uh also, is there some briefcase law here as well? Like, uh, theories like, uh, Seth, you got the uh, best cash in ever, and all of a sudden, that's like the bat signal to Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> I don't even think so, it's the only good thing I did. <laughs> and he suddenly gets dressed and just races to RAW from wherever he lives in America. It's boy, oh, it ain't good. It's, I didn't hate Ziggler's run against Braun Breaker, you know, so I'm kind of disappointed. This is where it's gone for him yet again. Dolph Ziggler, a serious man, I quite like dirty. Dirty dogs. I think they were in hindsight. They're a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. Them too Like I'm a I'm a Bob Rude truther. In spite of my best sort of like instincts, and uh and yeah, I like that. I like their act. This this has never been it for Dolph, and yet here we are again, fifteen years into his run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm
3: sorry. I'm just the I'm the dice clay like obviously the whole bit is he's a terrible and he was a total hack but there's oh, there's, no. there's one after the podcast that i'm gonna have to oh
0: wow well i'm looking forward already to next week on the raw preview saying guys what's next for Dolph ziggler and there's a question <laughs> like, yeah i haven't yeah. asked in a while uh right let us know your thoughts on monday Night Raw and uh andrew dice poetry post uh on twitter at what culture wwe watch well, they can follow all three of us you can follow michael Hamplett at michael Follow michael sidgwick at m sidgwick follow me at adam Wilborn. follow us all at what culture wwe as i said uh, and make sure you subscribe to what culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcast we'll be back later on today with the nxt but oh preview hey. and if you want to send us a five-star review review just like chris chris i'm chris Chris did uh you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and letting us know what you want us to review instead of a god all raw segment. Short crap wrestling related, you get the idea. Anyway, this has been the raw review. My thanks to the Dudley Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.